I confess I get really turned on by the thought of bedpost confessions happening in a larger venue. I guess that makes me a size queen. (laughs) This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. Thank you for listening to the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear was recorded on December 19th, 2013. Charlie Knox will share her piece, My New Slit. Here is Charlie. The first thing that I remember hearing when I woke up from the anesthesia was they took all of it. I'm sure our conversation was more extensive than that, but if any of you have ever been under anesthesia, you know that you don't really remember that. Um, but I, I did know that part because it was the one thing that I had really like prepped my brain to remember. They took all of it. Not just the half of my thyroid that had the tumor, but the whole thing. And I sort of said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you know, fell back into a drug stupor and didn't think that much about it until um, I got home from the hospital the next day. And then I'm in pain and drugged and and a sort of panic set in because I had been researching this and I knew that among the side effects of having a hormone imbalance, which I was now going to be dealing with for days or weeks or years potentially, um, was a loss of libido. And I was terrified that I might not care about sex. And I didn't really know what that would mean for my identity. The first experience of sensation on my neck happened two days later when my boyfriend at the time went to clean the incision. Now, in addition to having the scar from the surgery, uh, there was, and you're going to need to hold on to something because I'm about to tell you the three sexiest words you have ever heard in your entire life. Are you ready? I had a wound drain catheter coming out of my neck. Yeah. For four days, I had a tube coming out of my neck connected to a canteen, a clear canteen, mm-hmm. where blood and like yellowish fluid drained out. Um, and I had to go everywhere with it. Uh, I had to shit and shower and eat and sleep and travel with it. Um, and I was on like a lot of drugs, like prescribed and then some not prescribed drugs. <laughs> natural herbal remedies. Um, And I was totally not equipped to go out in public, but I did a couple times anyway because I was like really angry to have this tube coming out of my neck and I wanted to inflict it on people. (laughs) It was like, this, I like my, everything was all stiff. So I was like this lady at the coffee shop, (laughs) glaring, (laughs) like really high. It gets sexy eventually. (laughs) So two days after the surgery, um, my very generous boyfriend uh, was taking care of me. And one of the things that we surprised discovered he was going to be doing is um, stripping the wound drain catheter and emptying the canteen to measure the amount of fluid every day. He's a really good boyfriend. (laughs) 
Um, so he, the first time, very gently, because neither of us really knew what we were doing, he came and, you know, carefully pinched the tube the way he used to pinch my nipples and, like, pulled and pulled all the fluid down and then emptied the canteen, squeezing the way he used to squeeze my breasts. I measured the liquid and then came to clean the wound. And I was really nervous because I'd never had surgery before. I didn't know how that would feel. And I trusted this man with my body, but I didn't trust my body necessarily to respond well. Um, and I, I couldn't really see him, but I could hear him like running water and getting a washcloth wet and then come at me. And he, and he sort of saw me flinch and I saw this like furrow in his brow as he very slowly came at me and took the bandages off and began to clean the wound. And this very interesting sensation sort of overcame me, these nerves that were so alive, and, and I had like a shock run up my body, and it wasn't exactly pleasure, but it was erotic in some way, which sort of excited me, um, because I was like, oh, that's some piece of me buried still in there. And, and then he put the bandages back on, and I kind of fell back asleep. Ten days later, he had to go off to New York, um, but I was back at the surgeon's office with an ex-boyfriend and waiting for my like post-surgical checkup. And they had taken the catheter out, thank thankfully, um, but I still had like bandages, steri strips on there, and I had been like it was itching and I was picking at it, but I was trying to be like really good, um, so I hadn't taken them off. Uh, when the assistant to my surgeon came in and he says, "When was your surgery?" said, oh, 10 days ago. And he goes, oh, yeah, these can come off. And he just rips them off. And it was like being disrobed in public. Like the sensation was like so shocking. And I'd been thinking about it. And there I was like naked. And this little strip of skin that hadn't seen air in 10 days was like exposed. So I leaped up from the turquoise medical chair and went to look in the mirror, like see it for the first time. And it's uneven and jagged. And there's like a little like sort of fold over section here and a, a hole over here where the wound drain catheter was. And it's not perfect, but it's perfect. Like I, I wasn't expecting this, but the first time I saw it, I felt like a parent seeing their child for the first time. Like it was mine. And after months of pain and fear and research and effort, I had this new... Thing. And that was pretty exciting. And I like to think of myself as somebody who's like edgy, and I, I have done a lot of speaking and writing about dating with cancer and how you can like totally be slutty and have cancer. And I was like a, <laughs> a thing that I had like really built up about myself. So I started uh, bragging on Facebook and Twitter about how I was writing this piece that you're hearing. And I'm like, it's called My New Slit. And it's about how I'm going to masturbate while I touch my neck because it's really erotic because I'm really edgy like that. So I was like, and people, I was getting all this great feedback. And so I was like, well, I have to like actually do that. I'm going to write about it. So I, you know, like kind of get all settled one night and like start masturbating and touching my neck is actually like really kind of exciting. So the tissue's all sensitive and it feels really good, but my neck and shoulders were really jacked up from the surgery because they put you in really fucked up positions to operate on the front of your neck. So I couldn't actually really hold the position. So I was like, okay, 
put a bookmark in this, and maybe in a couple weeks, I'll, I'll like when I can actually make this all work, I'll like <laughs> come back to it. So a couple weeks later, I've like done yoga and acupuncture. I did, actually did acupuncture by Sadie, like in her living room, or um, <laughs> uh, and I'm feeling better. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I like stick my hand on my pants, and I go to touch my neck, and it's numb because that's how the healing process works. But I wasn't ready for that, and I thought about lying to you because um, I'd kind of already written it in my head, like, you know, like, I was touch whatever, like, I had it how it was going to go. Um, so anyway, I thought about lying, and I, I just kind of, like, put it to the side for a couple weeks. And then I was Skyping with my boyfriend, and he hadn't actually seen it yet because he'd gone out of town before the bandages were removed. And I was like, you have to see this. And I held my neck up to the camera and I said, look, see this little bump right here? That's the clit. <laughs> and then see right here? That's the pussy. And then see this hole right here? That's the asshole. <laughs> and he said, you are the only person in the entire world that would have a pussy on their neck. And he said, man, the next time I see you, I'm totally going to come all over that pussy. <laughs> and I think that I can speak for both of us when I say that we were both really shocked at my reaction to that. It was something like... <laughs> Say more, I said. And he got this kind of like devilish grin on his face. And he said, the first thing I'm going to do when I see you next is wrung my tongue along your neck, pussy. <laughs> From the asshole all the way to the clit. It's like, yeah. He goes, and then I'm going to put you on your knees. And I'm going to put my cock in your mouth and slide it all the way down your throat to where there used to be a tumor and fill that with my cock. <laughs> and I was like, really turned on, especially because this man knew that, like, the best way for me to heal was to be sexual about it. And he was tying in all of these different parts of myself. And he kept going as I'm continuing going as well, and says, and then I'm going to fuck your face and reach my hand around and run my fingers along. Beautiful scar on your neck. And right before I come, I'm going to pull out and I'm going to come all over it and give you the dirtiest pearl necklace you have ever seen. <laughs> and then he said, you think vitamin E oil is good for it. Wait till you try vitamin me oil. <laughs> because he makes really bad puns. And I would have been laughing at that, but I was coming and coming. And then I started crying and I was lying there sort of shuddering and running my fingers like tentatively up to my neck and I didn't know if it was just the hope from that experience or if I was really starting to feel a little something again but but it unleashed all of these emotions and I didn't know if I was crying from happiness or sadness so I'm lying there <laughs> coming and crying overwhelmed by these feelings and I don't know if it's pleasure or grief or just that cancer is so much. It's so much fear and so much pain. 
and so much joy and so much relief, but mostly it's so much change. My body in the last year and a half since I was diagnosed has changed so much underneath me. Big changes and little changes and the scar even healing faster than I was. But the truth is that our bodies are changing all the time anyway, right? Whether you have cancer or not. And we can either pretend like they stay the same, how we know them, how we want them to be, lie about it, or wrap it all up and fuck it. Literally fuck it. Until we come with the pleasure and the pain and the gratefulness for our brief, precious lives. Thank you. Charlie Knox is a semi-retired dating coach and OkCupid expert. She has been listed in recent years' top 100 sex bloggers and sex blogging superheroes and is the 2014 Los Angeles Body Storytelling Grand Slam champion. The Huffington Post blogger has spoken at high schools, colleges, and conferences across the country about dating and sexuality and chronic illness. More at charlieknox.com. Bedfuss Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of the I Want Your Sex podcast at miaontop.com, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of that's what Sadie said.com. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin at innuendostudios.com. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedfuss Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter, where we tweet audience confessions. Chime in and add yours. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess. I pre-arrange booty calls in advance to keep myself from fucking on first dates. That's a complicated system. <laughs> I confess 2013 was the best year of sex yet. Can't wait to see what 2014 has in store. Thank you, sweetie. I confess, I want mistletoe tattooed above my pubes so that everyone kisses me under it and I come more than once a year. Oh, my goodness.